Hello, I'm Jacob Kruger, and this is the Write Your Screenplay podcast. It is January 1st, which means today we are going to be talking about how to keep your New Year's resolutions as a writer. New Year's resolutions are one of the places where writers most often go wrong. We set these huge goals for ourselves, right? Just like everybody setting New Year's resolutions. Think about your New Year's resolutions that have nothing to do with writing. How often have you actually kept them, right? And and we believe that the reason that we're not keeping these New Year's resolutions, the reason that we're procrastinating, the reason why we're falling into the same patterns again and again, we believe it's a lack of willpower, We believe we're lazy. We believe maybe we just don't want it enough. We believe maybe there's something wrong with us. Maybe we're just too scared, right? We have all these stories for ourselves about why we're not changing. But really, most of the time, the reason that we're falling short of our New Year's resolutions, whether it's as a writer or as any other resolution is because we've set ourselves up to fail in the way that we've made the resolution in the first place. So we're going to talk today about how to make resolutions that actually work, that will actually work for you as a writer. The first thing that I want to talk about is if you actually want to change your life, You make those changes last by making small changes frequently. It is much harder to make a huge change overnight than it is to take a small step overnight. And it's not that people can't make huge changes overnight. People do and can, but it's not the most effective way to get there. In fact, think about your characters in a script right? Um, If you've taken any of my classes, if you studied seven-act structure, you understand the concept that a movie is just a story of a character who changes, right? And that as we build that change, we need multiple steps to get the character there, right? That even doing it in the old three-act style, just trying to get a character from A to Z in three steps is not very Likely, It's not that sometimes people don't just change like that, but most people don't. When most people try to change forever in a moment, what they actually end up doing is just proving to themselves that they can't change, actually reinforcing the beliefs that get in the way of the change, in the way of the goal. And we know this as screenwriters, right? We know like if your character's at A and then the next scene suddenly they're at Z, that we're going to get feedback that, hey, this wasn't believable, right? I didn't feel the structure of this. I didn't actually feel, I didn't believe the change, or I didn't believe that the change would stick. When we build seven-act structure, when we build a movie, when we build a limited series, when we build a pilot, right, where we're actually doing is we're figuring out the movements by which a character can believably and lastingly change. Let's say that again. We are figuring out the movements by which the character can lastingly and believably change. So the first mistake that we tend to make when we make resolutions is we think only about the end point 
rather than thinking about what are the movements we need to get there, right? And it's exactly the same problem that most screenwriters make with structure. They think, oh, I want my character to get to this ending, but they don't think, well, what are the actual movements that the character would need to go through? The second mistake that we tend to make when we're building New Year's resolutions for our writing, um, the first is we set these giant goals with no path to get there that end up reinforcing our beliefs that we're not good enough and that we're not going to make it and that maybe we're not meant for this, right? So we end up reinforcing. The second mistake that we make when we set our New Year's resolutions for our writing is that we don't think about the obstacles. And again, if you've studied with me, right? You know that obstacles are primary to structure, right? When we're telling a movie, we know if the character doesn't have obstacles, their journey isn't going to be believable. But we also know that if the character doesn't have obstacles, they're actually not going to change. That actually the obstacle is what allows the character to reveal to themselves parts of themselves that they didn't know exist, right? Obstacle is vital for change. And we make this mistake of ignoring or burying our head in the sand or pretending that the obstacles that have gotten in the way of our writing for all of 2023 are somehow going to just disappear in 2024, that somehow those obstacles aren't going to be there. Oh, I'm not going to get sucked into Facebook in 2024. And you know, I'm not going to devote my time to my needy family members in 2024. And I'm not going to spend so much time with my partner in 2024. And I'm not going to be scared in 2024. And I'm not going to procrastinate in 2024. And my boss isn't going to give me like huge amounts of work that I'm not expecting in 2024, right? We start to imagine that our lives are going to be completely different. And those beliefs are often not connected to our reality. In fact, we're reenacting the same mistake that we make when we set the goal of the giant thing place we're trying to get rather than the steps we need to take to get there, right? We pretend that the obstacles are going to go away. And then what actually happens is the obstacles don't go away, at least not overnight. It is actually true that we can overcome obstacles. It is true that we can surmount obstacles, but it takes time to do that. We have to start to carve out the space for this new thing in our life that we're really trying to make space for, right? We have to carve out that room because most of us already live overwhelming lives. And it's not because we don't have time. All of us kill time, right? All of us have a social media problem. All of us have a phone problem. Everybody in the world, right? Everybody gets sucked into tasks that are easy, that seem important, that seem urgent, that aren't really connected to our greater goals. All of us get distracted. All of us need pleasure, right? And sometimes we allow our desire for pleasure to take us away from the things that matter. And, and all of us have fear and and we all are probably, if you're a human being in our society, you're probably already overwhelmed. And so pretending like the overwhelm is going to just disappear in the new year, again, it sets you up for failure. Instead, what you really want to do is you want to go, how am I going to carve a little bit of space in my overwhelming world? What are the small choices I'm going to need to make to open up a little bit here and then a little bit more and then a little bit more, right? How am I going to slowly, slowly 
in a sustainable, realistic way change the given circumstances of my life, right? I can't change that the world is always going to be throwing more at me than I can handle. But how do I slowly start to put my focus on the thing that really matters to me rather than all the things that are urgent, that are grabbing my attention, that seem so important, that that are not actually connected to my main goal. So number one, we want to think about the steps we need to get there rather than just the destination. Number two, we want to be realistic and honest about the obstacles, right? We want to imagine the worst case scenario for our 2024. And then we want to ask ourselves, what are the new choices I'm going to need against these obstacles to actually carve out the space? The third thing that we need to ask ourselves what kind of help are we going to need? Because nobody does this alone. We need support to change. And sometimes we need to make changes in the people that we are spending time with to change, right? Are you spending time with people who drag you down? Are you spending time with people who distract you? Are you spending time with people who are primarily needy, asking for more than they give? Are you spending time with people who knock down your self-esteem? Are you spending time with people who don't believe in your dream? Or are you starting to seek out people who are going to support your dream, who are going to cheer you on, who are going to push you, who are going to challenge you, who are going to inspire you towards your goal? Uh, And sometimes if we really want to change we actually have to make some hard choices about who are the people we're inviting into our world so that we can invite the people into our world that really support the kinds of changes we're making. And if you're a screenwriter and you're looking for that kind of community, a great place to start is our Thursday night rights, right? You can start for free every Thursday, seven o'clock Eastern time four o'clock Pacific time, right? It's free. It's an hour. There are a hundred people every week in the room, all passionate writers like you. You can start right there, right? Starting to find that community and hang out in the breakout rooms and start to ask yourself, like start to really evaluate who are the relationships in your life that support your greater goals, that support your resolutions. And who are the ones who are getting in the way? Who are the crazy makers in your life? And how do you, if right now they take two hours a week, how can they take one hour a week? How can they take a half hour a week? How can they take 10 minutes a week? What kinds of choices are you going to need to make to surround yourself with people who start to push you towards your goal and inspire you towards your goal? And what are you going to give to those people? How are you going to help inspire them, right? We all need community to get to where we're going. So number one, we're going to focus on the steps rather than the destination. We're going to focus on nice, small, manageable, meaningful steps. We're going to focus on things we can do right now rather than these huge changes that are so hard to hold on to. Number two, we are going to be real about the obstacles. And we're going to start to make real, strong, manageable sustainable choices against those obstacles, not choices that are going to work for one week, right? For one week, I'm telling my boss, fuck you. No, that doesn't do anything. 
How do you say for the rest of my life, I'm taking a half hour for lunch where I write for the rest of my life. I'm going to show up 10 minutes later. I'm going to wake up 10 minutes earlier so I can just start my day with 10 minutes of writing, right? How do you make small, meaningful change upon which you can build rather than huge, unsustainable change that you're just not going to be able to hold on to? And a year from now, you're going to be making the same resolution. Number three, how do I support myself? How, how do I find help? How do I find community? How do I start to orient myself towards the people who feed my dreams and away from the people who distract from, hang on, push in the way, get in the way of the things that really matter to me? How do I start to reduce the time that I'm spending with those people and make room for the people that I need to enter my life? Number four, what do you need to learn? So many screenwriters, right, go, oh, you know, I'm just going to write for two hours a day every day, right? And that's sustainable for a couple days. And then they start to bump up against not actually knowing what to do, right? And writers can be so cruel to themselves, right? We're, we're artists and we feel like we should already know, right? Like this is some kind of innate gift, right? And it is an innate gift and you have an innate gift and, and, and it's important to build on that and to recognize that. But there's also a craft to writing. And one of the reasons that, that writers tend to flame out right, is if you're writing without guidance, right, you can just end up bumping up against the things you don't know, right? It's like, hey, if I really desperately want to build a microscope, right, um, uh, but I don't know anything about microscopes, um, but I'm, you know, I know there's some lenses and, you know, I'm going to spend 10 hours a day just till I figure out a microscope. Well, you know, the chances are you're not going to figure out a microscope, right? And not unless you go, well, first, let, let's figure out how microscopes work, right? Let's, let's figure out how they're built. Let's look at some of the mistakes other people have made. Let's look at the greatest microscopes that are already out there, right? Let's figure out what's missing in the microscope world. Let's get curious about how I'm going to build mine differently, right? We actually need education, in order to do things. We need more than just time and determination. We need education. So I want you to ask yourself, where am I strong, right? What, what do I already know? What do I already do well? And you can double down on that. But I also want to ask you to ask yourself, where am I weak? What education do I need to actually achieve my goals so that I don't flame out just bumping against the edge of what my actual knowledge is of actually just I don't know what to write, or I don't know how to rewrite, or I don't know how to build this structure, right? What education do you need? And, and how are you going to get that? How are you going to make room for that kind of support so that as this time you spend on your writing expands, you are also expanding the skills that you need to support that kind of writing? So four incredibly simple things that will absolutely change your life and help you hold on to your resolutions. Number one, focus on the small steps, not the destination. If you write for seven minutes, three times a week, you'll probably finish a script by the end of the year. And you'll also start to learn that those little seven minute blocks 
start to expand. Once you get really comfortable writing three days a week, seven minutes, it gets easier to write for 10 minutes, three days a week. Or it gets easier to realize, oh, I have another seven minute block here on the fourth day. Oh, I have another seven minute block here. Now you're writing four or five days a week for seven minutes. And then pretty soon you're writing four or five days a week for 10 minutes and then 15 minutes. And pretty soon you're doing an hour and then suddenly you're doing two hours, right? Because instead of trying to go immediately, right, to running the marathon, you're actually allowing yourself to do some training, to get yourself in shape, to get some experience, to build up some stamina, to get your writing energy going, right? To get your muscles strong, to get your tools sharp. So those little microbursts, those little Pavlovian, right? Oh yeah, that's right. I write. Oh yeah, that's right. I write. Oh yeah, that's right. I write, right? Building that little rhythm trains you and it trains you in such an effortless, easy way. Number two, be real about your obstacles. Are you really going to wake up early? If you're not, don't schedule it early. Are you really going to write late at night? Or are you going to be too tired? If, if you are, you might have to carve out the time in a different place, right? I want you to get so real about your obstacles. So real, not about who you wish you were, but who you actually are today, right? We'll get to who you wish you were. If you keep taking steps, you will be a different person a year from now than you are today. But if you just try to be that person that you are not right now, without honoring, like, hey, I got all kinds of internal obstacles. If I didn't, I wouldn't need to set a resolution. I would already be there. If you acknowledge those little obstacles, right, and go, okay, it's cool. All right, I have a procrastination problem. I have a Facebook problem. Okay, there are things that I do that distract me. Okay, I got these obstacles. I, hey, I'm not a morning person. Hey, I'm not a night person, right? We can get more realistic about our problem solving of how do we start to break out little tiny pieces of time. Number three, you need a community that rocks. You need a community that inspires you. You need a community that bolsters you, right? You need a community that both pushes you and helps you see your talent. You cannot do it alone. Nobody can do it alone. I can't do it alone. None of the writers you admire can do it alone. We all are dependent on our community. So making those hard decisions about in order to build the community you want, you're going to need to make some space and time. You're going to need to cut some people out. Some people might need to be cut out entirely. Some people might need to be cut down a little bit, right? In order to make room for those people who support you. Number four, getting serious about your education, right? And of course, we have lots of programs that can support you. And there are also things you can do on your own, right? Are you breaking down movies? Are you watching series? How do you set those goals? How many episodes are you going to watch this week? And how are you going to do it differently? Are you going to break it down? How are you going to start to learn that structural stuff? What kind of support do you need? What kind of feedback do you need, right? What kind of information do you need? Where are you going to get it from? And you, you got to be careful in this world because there are a lot of sharks circling this water who have never sold a screenplay, but have written a screenwriting book who have never sold a screenplay, but are teaching screenwriting. So you, you got to do your research and make sure you're learning from real people, because if you don't, you're going to flame out in the same way that they're flaming out, right? You, you need real mentorship. Number five, and this is the biggest one. The biggest obstacle to your change is you. 
It is the negative talk that you give yourself. This is the hardest one to change because we all have these voices in our heads that tell us we're not good enough. We all have these voices in our heads that tear us down. And, and these voices, they come with good intentions. Um, but what they end up doing, I, I call these voices the inner sensor, right? What they end up doing is they end up censoring our voice, right? And this creates procrastination and writer's block and all the things that get in the way of these beautiful goals that you have. Um, we think, right? And this is completely wrong, but we think that if we're really tough on ourselves, right? Oh, this line sucks. Oh, this sucks. What a bad scene. Oh, this is no good. Oh, the character doesn't want anything. Oh, the image isn't good. Oh, this is cliche. We think that if we get real tough with ourselves, that magically we're going to turn into awesome writers. And I wish that were true, but it is not. Exactly the opposite is true. If you want to turn somebody into an awesome writer, you have to keep them motivated to write. And being told by ourselves or by anybody else, all the things that suck about us do not mo does not motivate most people, right? Um, what it actually does is it creates a cortisol response, right? That suppresses our motivation when really we want a dopamine response, right? That increases our motivation. Um, this is a little bit of an oversimplification for the neuroscientists out there, but it's good enough for you guys to understand, right? As writers, we want to be in the dopamine business, right? In other words, we want to write and then we want to get a hit of dopamine that makes it go, yeah, I want to do that again. We want to feel successful because every time we feel successful, we have a desire to keep stepping towards our goal, right? And you can see how this connects to the first step, right? If we set these huge goals, then most of our time we're going to be falling short. We're getting cortisol instead of dopamine. And instead of, now we have to fight through that inertia to want to write again, right? So you got to get really good at giving yourself positive feedback. And when I say get really good at giving yourself positive feedback, that doesn't mean giving yourself bullshit feedback, right? Positive feedback is not bullshit feedback, right? Because you know when you're bullshitting yourself and you know when somebody's bullshitting you. You've all gotten feedback. Oh my God, it's so brilliant. It really flows. And like you look at it and you're like, no, it doesn't. And you know it's false. Learning how to give great feedback can start with giving great feedback of like, hey, I wrote for seven minutes. That's actually more bravery than most people have shown. I kept my schedule. I did what I said I was going to do. I said I was going to write from 10 to 10.07 a.m. on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Friday. And I did that. I did it Tuesday. I did it Thursday. I did it Friday, right? Because you can't control the quality, but you can control the action. And giving yourself some positive feedback and remembering that just to do that seven minutes took tremendous bravery, took stepping into the unknown, took confronting all your fears, took carving out those seven minutes from all the other overwhelming things, right? You could start by just rewarding yourself and praising yourself for actually doing what you set out to do, right? Which means that just like a character in a script, you got to get good at goal setting so that you know you achieved your goals. So getting really good at giving yourself feedback begins with getting really good at setting yourself goals, and getting good at setting yourself goals means setting goals that you can control, 
right? So, so often we're like, I'm going to write one good page. But if you're a writer, you know, some days you can write one good page in like three minutes and it's just magic and it's good. And some days you could spend 14 hours writing and not write a good page. Some weeks you could spend three days nonstop writing and not write a good page. So we don't have any control over good, but we have control over time. How many minutes, how many hours do we write? We have control over page count. We have control over craft, right? We can go like, hey, I don't need to make it good, but I need to make sure that dad and mom talk differently. I don't need to make it good, but I need to make sure that the character wants something in every scene, right? I don't need to make it good, but I need to make sure that I'm writing images I haven't seen before. We can start to set really good goals for ourselves that are independent of our judgment, right? We want subjective, not objective goals, right? We want goals that we can go, yes, I did it, or no, I didn't. So getting really good at setting clear goals is going to change your life. Getting really good at setting objective and not subjective goals. That's what we want to do. Objective goals, not subjective goals. Subjective goals mean we invite 10 people into the room and 10 people are going to have 10 different opinions. So uh, an example of a subjective goal is, um, is the scene funny? Right. And if you invite 10 people in, three people are going to be, oh yeah, it was real funny. And then somebody else is going to say, I don't think it was funny. And somebody else is going to go, I actually think it's a drama. And somebody else is going to go, I kind of smirked, but I didn't laugh. And then somebody else is going to be like, I was rolling on the floor and you don't know if it's funny. You know, this is true because you've seen movies. You've seen movies that have gotten the greatest reviews that you hate. You've seen movies that your friends hated that you loved. Those are subjective evaluations and subjective evaluations are valueless for artists. Objective evaluations are like, does this character want something? Yes or no? Can I name it? Yes or no? Can other people name it? Yes or no? Did I write a page? Yes or no? Did I rewrite a page? Yes or no, right? Where if 10 people from completely different backgrounds were all in the room, they would all agree either yes or no. That is an objective goal. That's the kind of goal you want to set. And so your first step in learning to give yourself feedback is to get really clear in your goal setting, to set small goals that you can actually achieve that day, right? That ideally you can achieve in seven minutes. And then, right? So the goal's so small that you can't help but do it. If you just sit down for seven minutes, you can do it. And then to actually praise yourself, right? Yes, I did it. Or no, I didn't. I have to keep working, right? Setting goals and achieving goals and giving yourself the compliment of, yes, I did it. What that does is it releases dopamine, which makes you want to write again the next day. It makes it that much easier to do all this work of the first four steps the next day. So we got to get good at setting goals. Just like for our characters, they're not going to have structure if they don't have goals. We're not going to have structure if we don't have goals. So we have to get good at setting goals and good at giving ourselves feedback on those goals. The next piece about learning how to give good feedback is harder. Learning to give good feedback after you've got the goals set 
is about actually learning to see the beauty in your writing. And that's so hard, right? Because on a day where you have a magical writing day, when the muse is there, it's easy to find the beauty in your writing sometimes. But if you've taken my Write Your Screenplay class, you know we do the bad screenplay exercise every round. Every round, there's someone who thinks they wrote the worst script and their script is always freaking brilliant. That as a new writer, the chances are you're actually going to throw out your best material. You're actually going to judge negatively your best material because you probably don't actually have the experience yet to know what works. And you could see how this connects to getting the education you need and getting the community you need. But we're terrible evaluators of our own work, especially right after we've written it, right? Because we're filled with all these feelings, right? Sometimes just a process of writing, right? We're, we're going in and looking at something that makes us sad or dark or uncomfortable, right? We're dealing with our repressed truths. And when we get those things on the page, we sometimes are very triggered. And so we might have a really negative feeling about a really great scene until we sit down and let it go for a couple of days and come back to it. Similarly, our best writing is the writing that's different than the writing everybody else is doing, which means that it's the writing that's most likely to make us uncomfortable. It's the writing that we're most likely to judge. It's actually our best writing, right? Our cliche writing feels like the stuff that we're reading other people doing. It feels like other people's writing. It feels safer. And so most beginning writers will actually identify their worst stuff as good and their best stuff as bad. And the other thing that kind of complicates this is that the best stuff it might not be good yet, right? So to give you a little bit of a metaphor, if you're a gold miner, you're looking for something very different than the gold that we look for at a jewelry shop, right? In fact, if you're looking for gold that looks like gold, you're probably gonna find fool's gold. You're probably not gonna find real gold, right? It takes a certain amount of expertise to identify gold when it is in a hunk of rock, right? And it's got all this schmutz around it and it doesn't look like gold yet, right? That, that there's a different set of skills we need to look at an early draft and go, that's where the gold is, even though it needs polishing, it needs shaping, it needs, it needs development. It's not there yet, right? So we got to get those skills that we need so that we can actually understand this, what looks like crap in draft number one is going to be gold in draft number 15. And an easy place for us to start, there's a lot we can learn about this, but an easy place to start is just by going like, the things that feel true or the things that create strong emotions in you, even if those are negative emotions, even I hate this, or the things that feel specific, that are a little bit different than you've seen before, those are the easy places to start looking and start giving yourself feedback. Those are the things that are likely to become good. So we need to develop our vision and our skills so that we can actually go, that works that can be built on and that can be shaped and that feels true. And even though that doesn't make sense yet, I know that can be beautiful, right? Putting all of our focus towards what works. Now, 
there's a whole other part of this which is learning how to deal with what doesn't work. Um, but that's not the thing that's going to help you keep your resolution, right? That's, that goes back to education, right? That goes back to some of these other steps we've talked about. Yes, we need to learn how to, to deal with the things that aren't working, how to be tough with ourselves, how to push ourselves to be better. We need to learn those things. But first, we need to learn how to give ourselves feedback on the things that work so that we can be motivated to keep going and keep achieving our resolutions. We need to learn how to give ourselves not bullshit feedback, but real feedback, right? Not bullshit support, but real support, right? That actually sees the real beauty. We need to push ourselves to look closer. And a very easy way to start doing that is you're going to have a lit urge to list all these negative things and you can, but not yet. I want you to first make a list of every single thing that works. And you can only list as many things that don't work as things that work. And you have to list the things that work first. What that's going to do is it's going to start giving you a foundation to build on before you start tearing yourself down. If you have six things that work and you want to write seven things that don't work, you have to go back and find one more thing that works. And what that's going to do, it's going to train you to start to see what you're building on before you start to see the things that suck. Because there are always going to be millions of things that suck until you get to the final draft. And even then there are going to be things that suck that only you know that nobody else recognizes. We need to know what we're building in order to know how to bring our critical mind to it. And we need to know that we're successful in order to have the confidence to keep persevering under the force of our criticism and, of course, the force of other people's criticism. If you do these five things, you will find that achieving your resolutions becomes not only easier but also joyful. And you'll along the way learn that the same process by which you are keeping your resolutions are also the process by which you're going to learn structure for your characters. You're actually going to learn to build your script by building movement in relation to a theme. In other words, you can give your character a resolution. But when you start to break down the steps of their journey and the real obstacles and the mistakes and pushing them towards their beauty, even against their worst mistakes. When you start to do that, what starts to happen is you will start to learn how to build structure for your character. And it's those same skills that allow you to build structure for your life. Because that's really all a New Year's resolution is. A New Year's resolution is just a dream towards structure. But the dream towards structure is not what changes you. What changes you are the small steps you take on a frequent basis. Those small, easy steps, a step today, a step tomorrow, another step, another step. Those simple, repeated steps are actually the only thing that can take you on the journey of change in 2024 that you really want for yourself. So happy new year. Have a wonderful 2024. And I'll see you at Thursday Night Rights or any of our other wonderful classes or our ProTrack Mentorship Program in the new year. You can check them all out at our website, writeyourscreenplay.com. Happy New Year.